got a real good feeling. You're listening to the Coffee and Crypto Podcast with Crypto Jeb, bringing you the best and most updated news about cryptocurrency. Tune in every morning at 9.30 a.m. Eastern to watch this podcast live on our YouTube channel. Good morning, everybody. And if it's not a morning like people like Kelly, good evening, good afternoon, whatever it is for you. Welcome to Coffee and Crypto Live, the greatest show on all of YouTube, not just crypto, but all of YouTube. That's right. All of it. Uh, I am T.A. Tim, and I'm hosting this week. I'm having a great week so far. We're about to have a great show because there's a couple things breaking out in the news that we're going to discuss. And even though the title talks about the question, will we have regulation coming, I don't think it's as much a question as much a statement of, well, we're going to have regulation, but what is that going to look like? And of course, what we're seeing happen right now, we just had an announcement from one of the larger exchanges, Coinbase, joining the ranks of the exchanges that are blocking Russian transactions, blocking those wallets. So so there we have a little bit of questioning going on there. Are they doing that due to incoming regulation themselves? Also, we have Biden coming out with his executive order about crypto this week. It's going to be a great show. We're looking at the Bitcoin technicals, too, because we want to follow that price. And of course, the rest of the crypto market seems to just slip right behind Bitcoin. But before we jump in to all of those details, I am joined by probably your guys' favorite person on this entire show, Smainold. How are you doing this morning, Smain? I'm doing great. Um, so... Uh, just in case you uh, notice, I am wearing my Chick-fil-A shirt from a, a while ago, a couple years ago. And uh, I'm going to be honest with you guys, it's just because I need to do laundry. But um, I love it. It's comfortable. It brings back memories. Uh, I used to I used to sling some nuggets in this thing, guys. So um, there you go. But sling anyways, I would like to say also, I had a great, we had a great workout this morning. I had a great work at, workout Sunday night. My I'm a little tender, but I'm excited to, because <laughs> of all these endorphins running through my brain, because of working out, I'm going to take that good feelings and make it even better by saying some of these green names. You ready? Uh, here we go. We got Agent Gold. We got Mike Markle. We got the Bitcoinologist. We got Elliot Locke. We got Dennis Pizarco. We got Crypto Set Guy. We got Stoney McGuire. We got Christopher. We got Brad, Brad Geidel. We got Cameron. We got Why You Loud. We got, uh, here we go. Here we go. We got uh, Jeremy Shorter. We got Siobhan Golay. We got Crypto Red Fox. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh, we got OMAC. Oh, I just got bounced down. We got Ricardo Vinegas. We got, uh, ooh, 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 ooh. okay. That's what I'm saying. That's all you, you guys, got. That's what I got. Come and on. You guys are the best. We love you guys. Yes. Make sure if you are wondering why those names got called, look at the green names in chat. And you're going to see a coincidence there. Those are our members who we love so much. And if that's something you want to join, click on that little uh, join button right there. It's not an automatic buy-in. You can kind of look around, see what it has to offer. But we love our community here, and we know you guys love us. I'm also joined... Again, from Japan, Kelly Kellum. And I think today he has a little bit more evidence because some people are trying to say he's not in Japan. Uh, but Kelly, how are you doing this morning? Or uh, for you, oh, late evening. Ah! <laughs> Whoa. What, what the world? It's not me. That what the me. world? Sorry. That was Lady Smay. What uh, the world? Uh, <laughs> no, I'm doing quite well. Doing quite well. Uh, you know, I had a wonderful day uh, bouncing around here. I'm in Kitchy Joji. You can actually see part of the sign in the building behind me. Uh, bounced around, spent time with family, uh, had a lot of food, did a lot of walking. Uh, and a guy was starting to get some work done. I was telling the guys here. Uh, and uh, after I got some work done, I was like, I better drink uh, drink a Japanese energy drink. <laughs> which was so good that I immediately proceeded to have an incredible nap uh, directly afterwards and uh, woke back up to hop on the stream with you guys. But uh, if I could ask a personal favor from everybody that's out there, uh, first, I want to I want to just applaud you for being here and uh, tuning in. Thank you so much. Uh, if you could please depress that like button, it helps keep us on the air and get us out to as many people as possible so we can continue doing this. But uh, yeah, we got a lot of stuff to talk about with uh, Biden and, and Coinbase and uh, some great things happening over in Thailand. We might uh, talk about as well with crypto and some other things, but uh, let's go ahead and dive right on into it, as uh, our brother Jeb would say. <laughs> Listen, uh, <laughs> out here, out in Smay like that. Yeah, wow. Uh, Lady Smay. Lady uh, Smay. <laughs> Whoa, okay. Oh, goodness. Sorry, at least I'm, I, at least know, I'm a pretty girl, all right? You know, yeah. Uh, yeah, okay. <laughs> I, you know, that's hard to recover from, you know. Um, recover from? I'm going to keep going on with this. That it's was a blessing. That was a blessing for your eyes, going. Tim. Come on, you know Woo. it. 
Ooh, okay. you, know, you were excited to see Listen, that. Listen, if you if that didn't excite you for this show, I don't know what will. Hit the like button, join, and subscribe to the channel. We're building one of the most powerful and influential communities in all of crypto, where it, this is not about any one person, not about me or Smay or Kelly or anyone else. This is about all of us together, building a community to grow in financial sovereignty. And if that's something you love, again, like this video, hit subscribe, join us every single day, because we bring you all of the best content that you need to be wise with your financial advisement. Let's go ahead and jump. Before we go to the charts on Bitcoin, let's go ahead and go to Coin Market Cap. Oh gosh, Kelly, that's. Do we want to? Do we want to check back in with uh, Lady? We'll Smay check back in later. The comments. You know. The we'll comments are so good. We'll check so, back in later. Uh, can I just say this? David said oversold on Lady Smay. Oh, <laughs> Sell down there, David. Oh gosh, I don't oh, think that would work. I think my beard is legitimately too thick was, to work on that. Tim, I was on your screen. You got to What are you doing? I, what do you mean? What am I doing? You said jump down the corner. All right, go to my screen. Gosh, good grief! This show, this show's chaos already. Woo! All right, guys, Bitcoin is down one percent on the day, but as you guys knew, if you were following it yesterday, it dipped all the way down into the thirty sevens. Of course, jumped back up this morning to thirty nine. A lot of volatility. Woo! A lot of volatility going on in Bitcoin. Sorry, my voice is recovering from the chaos. Uh, Ethereum is down 2%. Uh, Ethereum right now, I'm sure, you know, if you're looking at the Ethereum over Bitcoin chart, is at the moment where even though it's staying closely tied to Bitcoin, it is slightly below it. Bitcoin is outpacing it for certain. Uh, we have some other ones. BNB only down 0.3%. Three, uh, Again, BNB was when we talked about yesterday how it's actually, of when you're looking at the top coins, it isn't struggling as much as it seems like the other ones are in the last seven days, as you can see, these other ones are well over 10%, whereas Binance is only sitting at 64 other major ones we're talking about here, Luna, which has been on a tear recently, is down 4% on the day. Unfortunately, that's what happens. When you have a good couple of days, you also end up usually having a couple red days. I don't think there's anything to be concerned about if you're a Luna fan and you're holding. Those days just come after green days, and of course, Terra's had a lot of those recently. Cardano now has had almost down 5% of the day, and there's potentially a couple different reasons that we're probably not going to get into deep details in this video, but I will be making a Cardano video this afternoon, so make sure you tune in for that. We will talk price, but we'll briefly discuss, of course, what everyone's talking about right now. And later this week, it's not going to be Charles himself, but I'm going to be interviewing somebody uh, that has a little bit more answers about Cardano. So make sure you guys keep tuned in for Cardano this week on this channel, because as you know, it's one of the projects we do love. But of course, we cannot ignore everything coming out right now and the price action that we continue to see go to the downside. Solana down 2.69%. And, you know, let's go see if there's any top movers in crypto or today overall kind of bearish. No, we have, uh, what is this? ZK. Cash. Zcash is up 13% on the day. And of course, Waves, we talked about Waves yesterday. Again, we haven't had time to do a lot of digging into it, but Waves for the second day in a row is having another bullish day. Uh, let's see here. We got also, let's look at the biggest losers of the day. Anchor Protocol. Ooh, two days in a row. Man, Anchor Protocol is down 15%. It was also one of the biggest losers yesterday. But what you're going to see over here, kind of echoing what I was talking about just a second ago, the seven-day outlook for Anchor is still up 1.63. So what I would say based off of that, since it's been two Two, two days in a row, one of the biggest losers. That's just the sign of what comes up. A lot of time ends up coming down. So if you guys know a lot that's happening there in Anchor, I'm sure something fundamental is going on, causing the community to come in and out of that. Phantom down 6.13%. Uh, that is what we have right now. So again, I'm going to let you guys know, do your own research for sure. But one of the things, the reason why I like looking at these biggest losers is because a lot of times when you see a coin heavily in the red on one day, there's a potential opportunity to buy the dip and end up making some money. So again, that's not financial advice. Do your own research. But if I was doing research on a coin to invest in today, I usually like to start with this list before broadening my horizon. So let's go ahead. And before I go, you know, before I jump into TA, Kelly, do you have any thoughts about the market as a whole this morning? Smay, you're free to chime in as well. But I know you're still recovering from the female, Smay. Uh, Kelly, I'll throw it to you. Uh, I mean, you know, I'm just still giggling about the it's, the the smay the smay The comments uh, are great. But, uh, <laughs> uh, no, uh, you know what? Uh, you said it perfectly. You know, uh, a lot of times, too too many times. Uh, and this is this is obvious when you look at the parabolic rise in, in charts, uh, like, for instance, uh, the last bull cycle. So many people I don't know. Even right now, I, I can guarantee you this. 
you'll start to see a huge wave of retail uh, investment come in once we get starting, I would say above 52, but then really once this, this sad thing about it, it's good, but it kind of sucks for the person buying at that level mm. uh, to trade, especially to buy once we hit the, the, the previous all time high and go back and uh, go uh, back into price discovery mode above that. For some reason, that's when people get interested in buying something uh, and then the, the market goes opposite direction. So, uh, you know, you always want to you want to look for good opportunities when people say it's the, it's the worst buy ever. That's usually when it's a good buy. Uh, so yeah, look, look at those, look at those coins that are having big retraces. Phantom just had a bit of a, uh, a black eye, I would call it, you know, with, uh, I think his name is Andre Cronje yeah. uh, leaving the, the big uh, DeFi architect, but he's one man, you know, the project's going to do well still. Uh, so you find those sort of opportunities when everybody yeah. says, you know, they get scared, uh, and then they, they, they move forward. But, uh, yeah, but let's, let's, let's dive into Bitcoin and, uh, yeah. let's talk about some Bitcoin. Let's talk about some targets. The, la- the last thing I'll say morning. before we transition to Bitcoin technical analysis, and you're free to go to my charts now, Smay, if you'd like to, is we also want to make sure with all stories that break, don't make the assumption just because of one day the news breaks and then price action does something in response to believe that that's the final predicament. So, for example, sometimes stories break in coins or fundamentals break and the price moves bullish at first. Sometimes the story's negative and the price moves bearish at first. We just were witnessing on Bitcoin and right here on the chart back here in mid-January when a lot of speculation came out about the Fed, we had a massive a massive fall down. Now, it ended up being not that bearish of information, so we ended up rallying back up. And right now, we're kind of forming, again, as we talked about on the show yesterday, this ascending triangle. Now, we're going to discuss a little bit more here about Bitcoin, but my point I wanted to make there is let's let's learn from our past to not overreact too quickly to news such as what we heard about Phantom with Cronier leaving and even again with Cardano, everything coming out with Charles Hopkinson. At the end of the day, no one actually really knows what's happening right now. And it's very easy to jump on an article and to say this is happening. But until the until we give it some time and facts come out, you know, we could just be making fools of ourselves and either be getting in or out of a project way too early. So with that being said, let's go ahead and actually talk about Bitcoin and the charts. Now, Bitcoin is under a very interesting week this week. And that's we're going to talk about in our second segment when we dive into the news. A lot of things can happen. You know, we had the news break about Coinbase, but I don't think the price really responded too much in that. I'm more worried about the long term ramifications and what it means for Bitcoin's price with the Coinbase news. But what is probably more significant is this week we have reports coming out about the CPI and we're going to look and see what's happening with the inflation rate, as well as this is the week that we've been waiting for where Biden will be coming out with an executive order. Again, we'll discuss that a little bit more later, but the price as it stands right now in the last day has rebounded from a two-day drop. Really, as you didn't count this small kind of uh, relief day in green, we've been dropping now one, two, three, four, five, six, six days. So it has been a bearish week for Bitcoin. How will we respond? Notice that even though it's a little bit below the line that I drew, lines were never made to be exactly perfect, more to give us zones. We are continuing on Bitcoin on the daily chart to set higher lows, and we keep topping out right around the same level, right there around 44 to 44 and a half thousand dollars. This is why it's an ascending triangle. Now, there are some zones here that I was even looking at this morning and I was like, oh my goodness, I, I don't know if I even fully understood when I drew them how significant those zones are going to be. Those are just zones I used looking at RSI data and Bollinger Bands. Now, when I go down to the 4 hourly chart, I still think all of these zones are extremely important. So in case you're wondering, we have this zone right here at hovering between 40,000 and about 40,500. We had the zone down here hovering around 37.3 and about 38,000. But then again, there's this smaller zone right here at 39,000. 1,400, 500, somewhere in that region. Why are these significant? Well, when I originally drew these lines, those of you who have been watching the show and, and following me, I drew these lines when the price was up here. When I started to see the Bitcoin price reject, I, I, I figured we were gonna reject, I thought that we were gonna make one more rally up and touch 46, maybe in this region, right on here. We didn't do that. We ended up falling down. So I said, you know, to these are the two sections we need to watch. These were sections that if we could stay above would set up hidden bullish divergence, which would re- make the price rebound to go up. We didn't hold here in this region, this $40,000 region. We ended up falling through. But now that level is still significant, no longer as support, but as resistance. However, 
we did perfect. I can even go down to the hourly chart. Look at how the price level responded to this lower zone. At first, we bounced off the top of it. Then we made our way down to the middle of it. And now, within yesterday's time frame, we actually ended up coming to the very bottom of it, finding support. Why is this significant? Because look at what the RSI is doing. While the price is slowly setting lower highs and lower lows, the RSI is doing the exact opposite. Higher lows and higher highs. This is simultaneously setting up both bullish and bearish RSI side divergence. So that begs the question, which is going to end up winning out? It's the same way on the four hourly chart. Look at this happening. The price is moving down to the right, whereas the, the RSI is moving up into the right. We have both. I'll go ahead and draw it for you guys, just in case you're wondering what I'm talking about. Our peaks are going up on the RSI. Our peaks are going down on the price action. But in the same breath, our lows are going down. Oop, did not grab my line there. Let me grab that for you guys. Our lows are going down, whereas our lows over here are going up. So, what should we be expecting over the next 24 to 40 uh, to 78 hours, 72 hours? I'm not doing my 24 uh, day, uh, 24 hour days correctly. What are we expecting over the next 24 to 72 hours? This is the question that a lot of people are asking. I will go ahead before I answer that question and remind you guys what I really would love to happen and it's not necessarily what's going to happen. I'm going to stick to this now for a long time until I see the price close above 46,000. I'm going to stick to my guns and say guys, as much as nobody wants to see it because they're afraid of what their US dollar will look like compared to their Bitcoin holdings, Bitcoin needs to at some point break and actually close a daily candle below 35,000 sitting in the region of 34 to 33. And the reason why is because we've never seen a reversal save one time where we didn't have daily bullish or uh, daily bearish RSI divergence. And even though there's a video, if you want to go back and watch it, I want to quickly show you guys what I'm talking about in case any of you are confused as to what I'm referring to. So, of course, you guys would call this reversal. No, this is a daily reversal, but look at our RSI. The RSI peaks go down, whereas the price goes up. This is strong bearish RSI divergence. If we come over here, while this was a little correction, that was not a change in a trend. This was a change in a trend. And sure enough, what do we see? The price levels on the bottoms go down, whereas the RSI goes up. Over here, we see the exact same thing. And then my RSI is so high, you can't even see right there. As the price continue to go up right here, the RSI goes down. That's bearish divergence. Coming down here all the way to the bottom of this one, this is the one time. The one time in the entire history of Bitcoin that we did not set up daily bullish RSI divergence. So see, the RSI RSI bottom on both sides are the same. This is the lowest point in RSI during this trend. This, or Sorry, lowest RSI and lowest price. Here's what's significant. And again, I can't say the word, but what happened in this date right here, early of 2020? A lot of you lost jobs. A lot of you went away. We weren't allowed to come outside. That was a black swan event. None of us were ready for, and consequently, look at how quickly the price dropped. But notice, right before this section, right before this section, right here, what do we have? We have a trend reversal, and we have daily bullish RSI divergence. We started to move to the upside before this news. We came back down and almost immediately jumped back up to those exact same levels and started our ascent. Now, I could keep going back in the history and show you even further all these different uh, changes that had the daily bullish or bearish RSI divergence, but my point at this point has been made. Right now, as it stands, I have not seen the price show us a black swan event, and therefore, having the lowest point of the RSI match the lowest point in price in a daily close is not a strong reason for me to believe that we're going to rally. The only reason it would have meant is if after this news had happened and after we had rallied, if we had continued to the upside. But rather, that 46,000 continues to be a strong level of resistance, sending our price back down already once, and I'm expecting a third time. This is a classic example of what the manipulators of the market want to do. They want to give us hopes at the right moments. They want to FUD us out at the right moments so that they can get as much support supply as possible. But what they're looking for and what they know is, hey, we can get that price back down below 35,000. We'll go swallow up the supply. We'll get more because Bitcoin is the future. So watch them play with our emotions throughout this chart. Right. This is what we're seeing happen. And again, until I see a close above 46, which could happen due to this ascending triangle, I will remain in the camp of I think that we need to come below 35 once again. And the longer we put it off, the longer you guys are going to be asking, why is Bitcoin so boring? Why is it not going up? Why are we in a turtle market? So 
I can't decide when we go below 35,000. I wish I could, but I can't. All I can do is continue to analyze the market every single day and let you guys know what I'm seeing. But I'm telling you, if you're in the camp of saying, no, we need to have a rally, we need to have a rally, we need to have a rally, just know a rally could send us right back up to 44 and then crash all your hopes when we crash back down. So I just want to start by saying that I know I want to get to Kelly's take here in just a minute, but before I do, I do want to look at, we're going to be making our price predictions for Friday today, and I know a lot of you are probably listening to this saying, Tim, are you bearish? Are you bullish? You'll find out what I think for Friday, but I'll let you know in the long, 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 long term, I'm still bullish about, about uh, Bitcoin. The weekly chart is showing us bullish signs. The on-chain metric is showing us signs. But when I'm looking at the four-hourly chart, I'm not as certain. And what I'm going to tell you guys about right now, what I see happening on the charts right this second is despite the fact that we are both setting up bullish and bearish divergence on the four-hourly, what is the most recent trend? The most recent one is the bearish. If I get rid of that bullish, the bottoms of the RSI, the most recent move is a peak, right? So as it stands right now, I am putting the power squarely back into the bears camp. Now, I think that they could make a little rally. I think that they could continue to go up, but that's where this level becomes significant again. This is one we tested with a wick the other day and watched potentially another wick happen today that closes in that, that strong zone. But unless we can break above it, unless we can break above about 39,600, watch us again fall back down, at least back into this zone, if not lower, continuing this downward trend in price action, but potentially higher RSI. I know that was a lot to throw at you guys. I want to throw it to Kelly. We're going to discuss this a little more in the show. And again, we'll talk even more about it when we discuss the news of this, because that's going to be a big indicator on what price action happens next. But Kelly, I want to hear what you think about the charts, what you're seeing, and if you agree or disagree with my take right there. I mean, I completely agree with your with your take. Uh, there's the market is just so indecisive right now. I think there's been a never ending flow of uh, bullish metrics, uh, so much so that I stopped. I stopped in a way stopped sharing uh, as much as I was on my Twitter uh, because I think I, it started getting a little bit confusing as how there could be so much bullish uh, fundamental uh, d data, you know, on-chain metric showing where smart money, how smart money was interacting with Bitcoin, uh, exchange net flows, whether it be, uh, inflows to exchange or outflows, Outfl outflows, of course, being more bullish. Um, and, and the, it just goes on and on with the number of bullish metrics that have had, you know, a liquid supply, uh, demand, uh, addresses, all new entities, everything has been so bullish for so long. Uh, and just this, this damper of everything that's going on with the, you know, we got the CPI data coming out in two days, uh, which by the way, and I think in nine minutes where I'm at will actually be my birthday. Uh, so I'll be, I'll be 38 Come on, happy birthday. Uh, here, here in Japan, but I don't know if that counts. I think it's, it should be based on where, where, where you're born. Right. Well, uh, but that's what th you do is you said, move, you move over there and you can get it quicker. That's that's I'm, I will allow you to do it, Kelly. I'm, 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 I'm coming to you guys from the future, you know? So maybe, maybe I'll be able to see something in the charts uh, uh, before you guys do, since I am 14 hours into the future, but the point being with all this, you know, two days on March 10th. Uh, yeah. Yeah. March 10th uh, CPI data is coming out. Now I don't necessarily expect fireworks from that, but what will mm. happen is I think the, I think the projected numbers right now are at 7.8, uh, which is 0.3% uh, higher uh, than last month. And if it comes in at 7.8 or below, uh, the markets, I think will respond very fruitfully from that. If it comes in above that, which here's a deal, uh, right now with everything going on, it's not just about inflation. You know, we still have, uh, supply chain issues. We still have, uh, just the nature of what's been going on with uh, government spending over the last uh, couple of years. Uh, whether whether it was right or not, it's it's not for us to debate here on this channel. But that has had a huge impact on uh, the potential inflation uh, going on with the dollar, and it's it's kind of mm -hmm. sad uh, in that respect. However, uh, separate from that, and something that's actually not directly directly related to how or why dollars should be uh, or will inflate. Uh, we're having this huge geopolitical uh, circus, if you will, uh, happening over on uh, over in Russia and Ukraine. And I also want to point out, because I've seen a number of people mention this in chat, is that, you know, we are talking a lot about Russia and Ukraine, but there's also wars going on in Yemen. There's also uh, mm -hmm. plenty of geopolitical conflicts that are happening. Uh, and it's not that we're, we don't, it's not that we're not trying to hide 
highlight those or highlighting one over the other. Uh, it's just uh, different ones are affecting markets in different way. And in respect to Bitcoin and traditional markets, uh, the Russian and uh, Ukrainian conflict is definitely having more of an impact on markets. And that one is, and that's not to say uh, one conflict is uh, uh, should have more eyes on it than another. It's just it's just yeah. the fact of of what's driving this market pressure right now and everything going on with Russia with oil uh, and the sanctions and all this sort all these different sorts of things may actually uh, inflate uh, in an actual like more temporary way uh, not related to what's been driving inflation uh, leading up to this it may it may make the inflation numbers come in higher than than uh, than than we projected um, and those actually could be transitory but that that's we'll have to see about that but when the numbers come out on March 10th uh, I do expect to see some price action around that depending on if it's below, above or below yeah. but then the following week the following week is when we'll get a, a bigger news story about all this when we get the FOMC meeting uh, with the Fed and they determine what the interest rate hike is going to be. Uh, and the, the only other things I could say about that is, uh, and I was going to share my screen, but I, I can just talk with you guys about it because it's more of a talking point than a headline we want to bring up. But we've got to, we still have other incredibly bullish fundamental things happening. We got Thailand offering tax exemptions uh, for crypto users. Uh, I think they're trying to sort of coordinate them to, to, to funnel them onto uh I don't want to say favor, I guess, favored exchanges uh, from the government, I guess, probably for a little bit of tracking, but tax incentives, tax incentives for uh, crypto users. Uh, we got Shake Shack now uh, basically giving uh, Bitcoin as, as cash rewards. Uh, uh, what was uh, some of the other ones? Uh, there's been a lot of institutional investment, uh, or I don't mm. want to say a lot. There's been a spike in an institutional investment coming in in the last uh, uh, week or two, uh, which is uh, which is a good thing to see, especially in Bitcoin and Ethereum with everything going on in the market. But every Everything you laid out with the charts, I mean, I could show you my chart, but I'd just be showing people the exact same thing. So yeah. I, it's just a time. It's a no trade zone. Uh, it's a forever DCA zone for sure. If you're a DCA, which is the best thing any, any of us could be doing. Yeah. Uh, but in terms of trading, just it's, it's time to be patient. And let the let the market show us what direction it's going to take. I agree. The last thing I'm going to do before we jump into Super Chats, you know, even Kelly, as you reminded me, I did want to do one more thing. I did not talk about this. This is another potential that we're looking at here develop, and that is an inverse head and shoulders pattern. And so we talked about this a little bit yesterday, but what we saw in the price dip actually might be a cleaner this is just, shoulder This line. is just a regular head and shoulders. Uh, sorry, I, did I say inverse? You're right. Head and shoulders. Yeah, Thank yeah. you, Kelly. So what, what we're talking about right there, if you guys are wondering, head, we have our left shoulder right here, our head. Now, the question was now, it would have been the wimpiest little shoulder in the world, but with this low price and a rebound, was this the new neckline now potentially are we going to see a right shoulder i don't know why i drew it so big right there but are we going to see a right shoulder happening right here and again if i went back i wanted to use a clean chart if i went back to this line right here looking at this level of resistance this is a key level it's not only the top of the shoulder over here but it's again it would set up bearish rsi divergence sending us back down but we need to wait for confirmation before we just say, yep, absolutely, head and shoulders uh, is confirmed. Even then, we've seen head and shoulders and inverse head and shoulders not play out. But in case you're wondering, Tim, what would happen if we ended up going to, uh, and we actually confirm this head and shoulders pattern, and I'm going to go ahead and draw it for you right here. It's it's It kind of backs up a little bit of things we've been talking about. You know, We've had massive head and shoulders pattern coming all the way down to 25, 20,000. This one's a little bit smaller, but a breakout of this this one would give us a price prediction of about $31,000. This would put us again well below. I don't know if we necessarily need to go that low, but it's something to keep an eye on that we are at least, if this head and shoulders confirms, again, coming back up, the price comes up, comes back down, we could see Bitcoin price come down as far as 31, maybe stay a little bit higher. Inverse, head, or sorry, head and shoulders pattern and an inverse head and shoulders pattern don't always hit the price exactly on the dot, but give you a zone to be watching for. Could we potentially see a close in the 32 to 33, 34 region? That's a pretty big region, but maybe a wick as far as 31. This is definitely something we want to keep our eyes on moving forward. But with that being said, I want to go ahead and jump into some super chats, answer some questions from chat. I probably jumped over there too soon. Kids, mate, my bad. I know you, uh, I don't know, you got me there. It's best technical director in the world. Give it up for Smay. If you guys love Smay, hit a one in chat. But also, well, well Tim, yeah. Tim, I can understand you're moving so much more quickly because you're a lot more aerodynamic with the beard trimmed. I guess so. Yeah. No, the, the, it, it really is a weight off my shoulders. Okay. 
Okay. Uh, so uh, I was waiting for the crickets, but you know, that's, you know, we got to work on these cues. If you guys are loving the stream so far, make sure you hit the like button, subscribe to the channel because this is again, the, the, it's the best show on crypto YouTube, not just crypto YouTube, but YouTube as a whole at really helping you guys learn how to think, not what to think, because we want to see you be successful. But going to our chat right here, we have one from Brad Geidel. Brad Geidel has been a member now for six months as a Jebba youngling saying, did anyone watch Invest Answers fake news vid? Why is it bad to have more retail holders than whales and institution holders? Hashtag ADA gang. Brad, I actually did watch that video. Someone tweeted at me uh, the other day. I went and watched the video and I actually have a lot of thoughts about that. And that's what I'm going to be discussing, not only in today's video this afternoon about Cardano, but again, later this week when I'm able to have another video with a friend of ours uh, to talk about Cardano, we're going to discuss that. There's a lot of interesting uh, details about that. And, and uh, I don't know if I fully agree. My eyes were open to some things that I hadn't seen before. But that doesn't mean that automatically due to that video that Cardano all of a sudden is a bad project. No one likes it. There's a lot to jump into there. So I'm going to go ahead and save a lot of my remarks for the afternoon video. Smiles with a lot of S's there at the end said, are you guys still bullish on ADAX long term? And, you know, uh, before I give my take, because I hadn't done as much research necessarily as Jeb and Kelly did. Kelly, I want to hear from you because I know you were really bullish on ADAX. Uh, what are your thoughts on ADAX at this point? No, I'm, I'm still incredibly bullish. I actually even commented there in chat, uh, you know, as the price uh, uh, fell down from from uh, after they launched uh, version one, uh, I actually I, I because I was bullish on it when it started and uh, I'm very active in the their telegram group. So I'm very I, I try to stay very up on, especially because it's a, uh, a smaller project. I try to and all of you should do this. I try to stay very up to date with everything that's going on, see what the developers are talking about, what the admins talking about, what developments, how they're addressing certain problems. Uh, and I've you know, I've more than doubled my uh, position in it mm. uh, at uh, less than a third of the cost that it cost on my initial investment. Uh, but, you know, they they released to version 1.1 and uh, uh, they, not only that now they're now they're already working on doing the version two they got some really good uh, things that that, that that they're developing into that uh, including some uh, different uh, yield uh, options uh, they're going to try and incentivize people to hold eight acts to give uh, to to give it more of a use case uh, mm -hmm. which would make it stronger but they're also checking in with uh, users in terms of uh, exactly what they want in because they're going to do a complete UI user interface uh, uh, redesign to make it exactly what everybody wants. But in terms of the functionality, the functionality, regardless of if people like the colors of it, if it's cool looking, I think that's ridiculous that people even have that sort of argument sometimes because mm. some of these yield aggregators and other uh, protocols that I've seen different uh, uh, projects have the worst UI I've ever seen and they're massive projects. So it's such a silly thing to, to hark on, but uh yeah, no, their their functionality of the, I mean, it's it's much faster than a lot of the other DEXs, mm. uh, and they batch a lot of the, the the way they're able to 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 process the the transactions, um, and you know their their teams on it. So uh, I'm super bullish on it. I think it's a longer term play because it's a small project. Uh, so yeah, I'm definitely bullish on it. Well, we're going to transition into our next segment, but before we do, guys, right now there's 430 likes and almost 1500 people watching. Let's get those likes up. Hit the like button if you're enjoying the show. We are going to jump in and we're going to discuss both the Biden executive order coming up and the Coinbase news breaking that they are going to be blocking Russian transactions and Russian wallets. But before we get there, Kelly, are there any, any other headlines that people need to know about or can we jump into that discussion already? No, let's just go ahead and jump right into it. Uh, I'll pull it up right here. And I apologize, by the way, you know, I'm, as you can see, I'm sitting in a hotel, a tiny hotel room here in Japan. So I got a whole different setup. So uh, let me go to my screen. All right. So where are we at? Uh, here we go. So, of course, uh, Joe Biden. Uh, President Biden is signing an executive order. Everybody's got their eyes on this. What's it going to mean? How's it going? Is it going to be a, a strict regulation that's coming in? Like what's going on with uh, with this news? So essentially what this has said is I've, I've read over this, uh, this article and a few other ones. And essentially what this says to break it down very uh, simply is that 
one of the things I really want to outline, and, and this is this is true for all government agencies with any new uh, player on the field, whether it's uh, tr- uh, in markets and, uh, you know, assets or, or uh, even legal reasons, uh, you know, you know, you have the FBI and the DEA and the police departments always uh, fighting over jurisdiction, because uh, if it's something's not clear, it's very hard to figure out who's who's supposed to have the authority on regulating it and monitoring it. Right. So one of the one of the main uh, components of this is the fact that they want to outline exactly who should be uh, in charge of this. And not only that, what their policies and procedures are for uh, engaging and monitoring uh, and affecting regulations on uh, on the crypto market. Uh, in addition to that, uh, they also want to, I think, I, I, I think it's the EPA, uh, one of the environmental agencies, uh, they want to get a, a deeper report on what the true uh, environmental impact will be uh, from, uh, from crypto. Uh, and then of course, layered in with this, and by the way, this is something that's not directly from from the Russian-Ukrainian conflict, uh, but because that's going on, and then the sanctions that are happening in Russia, uh, it's uh, Senator uh, or uh, what's her name, Elizabeth Warren, uh, and uh, a few other people, uh, Janet Yellen. Uh, they're 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 just so worried that Russia is going to skirt sanctions by using Bitcoin. Well, the Bitcoin market isn't big enough to fully absorb uh, what for it for that for that to even matter in the first place. But with that being said. They, they have layered into this, trying to make sure that uh, uh, major exchanges like Coinbase, which we'll go over that here in a moment, mm-hmm. like Coinbase and other major uh, uh, crypto exchanges, uh, they identify uh, particular individuals or large accounts that are tied to uh, uh, identified Russian wallets uh, so that they can essentially monitor and prevent, uh, whether it be uh, skirting sanctions or uh, even access to crypto funds, uh, you know, because they're trying to limit uh, their ability to uh, participate in the market outside of a sanctionable uh, fiat uh, fiat market. Uh, And and that's understandable. And that's that's okay. And I think we talked about this a little bit, you and I, Tim, uh, Mm -hmm. before. But, you know, on the one hand, we want crypto, we want Bitcoin uh, to be as decentralized as possible and immutable and, uh, and, you know, without basically censorship resistance and all this sort of stuff. However, one of the things that we have to come to terms with, at least at this stage in the game, especially when we have governments around the world starting to, uh, you know, take part in uh, in Bitcoin, especially, but other crypto as well, is there's this fine line that we have to walk between engaging uh, and and having wide use case of crypto markets while also being able to sort of, I don't want to say play the game, but kind of play the game a little bit. So we're kind of standing on the line of being censored, but also not being censored. And in a way it's at this level, it's, it's necessary in, in this regard, but at the end of the day, their ability to really sanction it and, and uh, uh, not sanction it, but limit it uh, is, is not so much as uh, it's, it's nowhere de- as deep as being able to sanction and, and regulate and, uh, uh, censor uh, the use of fiat currency. So I don't think it's as big of a deal as people are making it out to be. This is a, an executive order he's been working on for quite some time. And the, the main the main point I wanted to, to highlight here, I don't know where the, the article is, is um, through all this is, uh, I don't know where is that. Um, I highlighted it on my Twitter. If you go to my Twitter, essentially what this is uh, outlining, what it really signals is that the government, the U S government is, is, is basically acknowledged that crypto is going to be a major part of our economy for years and years to come. And that's, that's the nugget that I took out of all this regulation is necessary in some capacity, especially when we want large institutional players to come in and large smart money uh, to be involved because they're not going to, until there's some sort of clear, whatever the regulation is, People want to know that they're not they're going to dump their money in something and then the regulation shifts and then all of a sudden they're stuck underwater because they can't either access it or it's limited in a way that drives the price down. So until those things happen and the price settles, uh, it really limits that sort of adoption on that cell level. And then the last story I wanted to go over is the story about Coinbase uh, conforms to sanctions, blocks 25,000 illicit Russian crypto wallet addresses. This is exactly what I just uh, brought up when I was discussing the uh, the, the executive 
border coming out of uh, the White House. Uh, and, and so all these things are somewhat working in tandem. I can't necessarily blame Coinbase for this. In this case, they're not limiting they're not limited. I think the, the thing to note here is they're not limiting Russia carte blanche, right? They're identifying particular wallets to predict particular institutions, particular people, particular uh, 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 particular individuals that they can see, whether it's uh, oligarchs or uh, government related individuals or uh, anybody that's in this sort of uh, realm. Uh, and this is understandable, but, I, but I'm curious, uh, Tim, yeah. what your thoughts are about all this. And do you think that this is do you think that this is having more of an impact on, on the price, like the executive order, the the questions around that? And then also the stories like this with Coinbase uh, limiting these twenty five thousand wallets and conforming yeah. uh, to these sanctions and making it similar. Is this driving uh, some of the FUD in terms of uh, the, the market price action right now? Or do you just think it's more of the larger scale uh, geopolitical drama and on all everything, everything else from the logistic chain to uh, geopolitical uncertainty to war to then also this? Like, I'm curious what your take is on all this. Yeah. So here's here's what I'll say about both of these stories. We're talking about the Russia and Coinbase news and how Coinbase is now closing them off. And we're discussing the executive order. What's crazy is that some there's a lot of explanations that would say that we actually could have expected this. It is wrong. When it comes to cryptocurrency, it goes against everything that crypto was built for to block and to quiet and to get people out and disallow people to engage, right? The problem is that Coinbase is not a decentralized platform. Coinbase is a centralized platform. So uh, that's my understanding. I understand why Coinbase is doing this. Uh, before I tell you why I feel like the reason why, another reason why, is because we know that the, the the CEO of Coinbase, Armstrong, he has said before when confronted by the SEC, listen, just tell me what the regulation is and I'll do it. I just want to know what the rules are. This is probably a sign of, even though I have not seen and have not heard of the US US government or any other government forcing or regulating him to do it that he is anticipating that is going to be part of regulations. That is where the government's going to come in and get really creepy. And unfortunately, a lot of people are yelling at Coinbase, but he might just be trying to protect his exchange so that he continue to be in business. Now, it's wrong. It's wrong to block a Russian wallet just because you're being pressured by governments. But I put a lot more of that blame on the governments rather than Coinbase. But what I am learning from the situation is even more so, even though I've already gone about doing it, I want to encourage every single person out there to go ahead and get their Bitcoin onto a cold wallet. Even Binance, which right now at this point looks like they're kind of putting their foot down and saying, no, we're not going to punish the Russian people who have done nothing wrong because everyone is wanting us to. We're going to allow them to keep doing it because that's what crypto is about. I even urge anyone in Binance to go ahead and move their money into a cold wallet. Why? Because no one can go and touch it. They can arrest you. They can track you. They can do whatever they want, but they cannot put their hands on your money. And that is why it needs to be there. Whereas if it stays on a centralized exchange like Coinbase, they can freeze you. And right, wrong, whatever, they can do it. And that's, I think, what we're seeing here is the anticipation is there will be regulation that warrants or gives governments the right to freeze accounts. It's wrong. So what I'm saying is get your money off these exchanges, go move it onto cold wallets, use these exchanges potentially to purchase and get in on the crypto that you want, but then almost immediately move it to a cold wallet where no one can touch it. Uh, that's my advice on that scan. I know Smey has takes on that too, but I want to also address the price action that I think is going to be coming out with his executive order. Realistically, we know that there's going to be uh, pretty much a saying from Biden saying we're going to we're going to learn more about crypto. He is getting a lot of pressure from his party and his side of the aisle to say, hey, we need to have some strict regulation. But before anyone says, oh, it's the Democrats. And just so you guys know, crypto is one thing I love about crypto is it's neither a left nor right. It's neither Republican nor Democrat. It is its own thing. Before anyone fusses at them, there's a lot of Republicans, too, that still are against crypto and don't understand it. You know, it, for everyone who hates Biden, you also have the Trump and Trump has come out and said that he is not a supporter of Bitcoin. He likes the US dollar. So I'm not going to get into details of all the politics. What I'm going to say is 
regulation was inevitable. If anyone is surprised by this, then they probably haven't been in crypto that long. It's going to come. But what I think people need to be ready for is there's going to be almost a nothing burger story when he actually announced these regulations. He is probably going to be forced to say, and it looks like he's already saying it, hey guys, crypto is a part of the future. We are going to allow people to be in crypto. The problem is, is that they're going to put their hands like the government likes to do in as many areas as they're allowed to. And at this point, it looks like exchanges is one of the places they can put their hands. I'll say it again. All the more reason to move your crypto onto a cold wallet where they cannot touch it. But Samay, I want to hear what you have to say about this because I know you have some strong opinions as well. I mean, <clears throat> I, I think I, you said a lot of exactly what I was going to say, so I'm probably going to keep this pretty concise. Uh, to be honest with you, I think if you want to take advantage of crypto, uh, you have to also take advantage of its decentralized nature. Now, here's the here's the tricky thing. We're kind of still early to crypto and its development. So it can actually, it's going to take some actual a learning curve and some actual uh, investment in learning how to operate with crypto outside of these very easy to use cookie cutter exchanges. But I guarantee you it's a very rewarding path to take because ultimately, uh, not only is this a, a potential thing of saying, "Hey, if you're a Ru you're a Russian citizen, yeah, this this is pretty this is pretty sucky," you know, you never know what your government's going to do in terms of these centralized exchanges, but also. You're you're more open for hacks and all kinds of things by leaving your crypto on these uh, on on exchanges. So it's like ultimately, if you're trading, you're you're in and out and selling a lot. You know, it's probably a good idea to keep your keep your crypto on exchange. But if you're hodling and you're just dollar cost averaging, use these exchanges to acquire the coins. And I would encourage you heavily to do what you can to to uh, really in, invest in learning the decentralized the DeFi atmosphere because that. You know, that is going to be the future. And the yeah. more you can know about it and the more you can learn about it and the more you can prepare yourself now, uh, the more set up you're going to be for the future, because these problems aren't going to go away. These problems are only going to get worse and you want to be able to be prepared. And that is where crypto becomes untouchable. Uh, we People are talking, you know, we, we talk about the decentralized nature of it. Uh, the problem is it's not decentralized when you're when you're using it through centralized means. When you're using it as it is in its purest form, that is when you're getting the benefits of it being a decentralized currency, uh, other than just being able to trade it all the time. So uh, that's why I would say ultimately uh, be be willing and ready to start uh, investing in your education of DeFi. Absolutely, that's that's what it boils I, I, down I, I, to. Hold on, just saying, Kelly. I'll, I'll go to you in just a second. What it boils down to is continue to update and research and learn. Uh, you know, I would have said the same thing here a little bit ago of like, oh my gosh, how can Coinbase do You have to remember it is a centralized exchange. It never claimed to be a decentralized exchange. It claimed to be a, an exchange where you could go get decentralized currency. There are exchanges out there that have remained decentralized to this point. There are places and other apps and, and, and other um, projects where you can actually exchange both buying and selling crypto off these exchanges through that app. So this is, an, this is going to actually force a lot of us to continue to educate ourselves on how we can continue to operate in the decentralized world when there will be regulation, when there will be centralization. And to be fair, I also don't want to spread a bunch of fear. It's not like because of regulation and because that they now have the ability to freeze accounts, they're going to go in and, and just do a, a witch hunt to freeze all that they can. Now, they're I know the argument's going to be made that people say that there will be certain people who witch hunted, but more than likely, you guys are safe. What's the problem is the precedence that's being set. So like I said, continue to move your money to cold wallets, continue to do your research on how do you get around and stay away from centralized systems and continue to operate in decentralized ones. Kelly, I know you had one more thought before we close out this segment. Yeah, I, I, basically tying everything you all said in together, and I've, I've been watching the chat uh, scroll by as this whole conversation is taking place. And some people are talking about the difficulty, you know, when you want to trade uh, here and there, and it's more difficult. It's, you know, why would you have it all on a cold wallet? Well, the truth is, if you think about it, one of the most beautiful things about crypto is how fast the tra transactions are. So if you do need to move it to an exchange to trade into or out of uh, a position, whether it be a portion or all of it, it's pretty quick to make that happen, right? The, mm. the, the largest delay is just how fast that, because some transaction, sorry, some, some exchanges take a little longer to process the transaction to have it accessible in your wallet, but that might be an hour or two hours. And if you can't wait to make an hour or two hours to make a trade, that's not a trade you should make in any way. And the last thing I'll say about that is when you're trading as, as a, somebody that's traded for a living, uh, you shouldn't be trading your whole position anyway. 
Okay. You need, if anything, you need to find a, a, a portion of your portfolio that you use as a trading portfolio. So say you have $10,000 or $1,000 or $100 or $100,000, it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. Allocate 10, 15% at most. And that's what you trade on. And as you take profits and you move those profits into your cold wallet, and then you never find yourself in a position like I was in a few years ago where I got a little too sure of myself and I lost about $70,000 in one trade. And this is, <coughs> excuse me, this is when I only had about $70,000 to begin with. Uh, so you don't want to, don't be me. You know, luckily I learned from that and I don't trade, I don't do that at all anymore, but having a cold wallet is a very excellent strategy Mm -hmm. to keep your, basically help keep your hands out of the cookie jar. You know, we had a comment here as we transition to super touch. I think this is the only one I see here from crypto red Fox. Who's been a member now as a Jedi master for four months. He said, been looking at wallets, but still not sure which one to go with. Do you guys have any suggestions? You know, at this point, crypto red Fox, I would not proclaim to be the expert on cold wallets. What I do know is I just got a, uh, a one on ledger. Uh, and I, I can't remember which one is called, uh, but it, I think it's the nano X, uh, but that's one. It really depends on a lot of the use cases of what you want to do. You know, one of the things I think Kelly was just talking about it, but he's talked about, he splits his up to multiple wallets. Um, that is a user to user case of what do you want to do? How much do you have? How do you want to cover yourself? Uh, but, but I want to say, you know, I, I just bought ledger. That doesn't mean it's the biggest and baddest and greatest. You know, there's a lot of things to look in on that. Uh, Kelly, do you have any thoughts about what your preferred cold wallet is, um, or what you think that he should do? I mean, yeah, I've been using Ledger, Ledger Nano S for a long time, but there a lot of them. Most of the major ones are great, whether it's a Trezor or uh, uh, Ledger Nano S. uh, You you could even use something that's more browser based, uh, like uh, uh, what is it called? Uh, MetaMask. uh, But you, you could use those as a standalone wallet. Or you could use it as uh, basically a pass through to your Ledger Nano, but then you can also use other ones like Trust Wallet. Trust Wallet's really great because uh, you can also use it as a I don't want to call it a, a, a Dex, but you can you can essentially swap between tokens on there. Uh, you, you don't necessarily get the best price. Uh, on on the tokens, you have to, there's a little bit of a, there's a, sometimes a little bit of a premium, but uh, I, you know, I've been able to get access to coins that I couldn't get through, uh, you know, cause I don't have, I, I don't want to, I don't want to open an account on every exchange mm-hmm. to have access to every coin. Right. So sometimes I, I will, I will swap, uh, I'll use trust wallet to do that, but there's a number out there, you know, and we, all of us, and I don't mean to pick on anybody out there, all of you are watching us on YouTube right now, which means you have access to Google, which means you have the world at your fingertips, all the knowledge in the world. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, just any of the major, any of the major wallets are, are great wallets. Yeah. The, uh, Elliot Locke also commented. He said, I use ledger for cold storage. Some I've heard like hot wallets on their phones. Can you talk about the pros and cons of hot versus cold? Kelly, do you have any quick thoughts on that? I know Smay has something he wanted to say about a comment. Well, a cold wallet is would be more like the Trezors and the the Ledger Nano, uh, the Ledger right. Ledger wallets. Uh, the hot wallets would be stuff that like the, the browser based uh, uh, in the apps and stuff like that. Yep. And the difference is uh, essentially, do you have a gap? Do you have a gap between itself and your 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 actual computer device? So on a Trezor or a Ledger, you put coins on there, and you can actually store those into another safety device, like a like a whether it be uh, a safe or where, wherever you want to keep it. Uh, you know, completely separate from your computer device and separate from the internet. But then the hot wallets, you know you have immediate access to immediately transact on it all the time because it is uh, on your device. And those, those aren't, they're more secure than uh, centralized uh, storage, but they're not as secure as cold storage. Yeah. And I'm seeing the comments. I'm going to let you go ahead and reiterate what you're saying. He, he was on the crypto Jeb account. So that was not Jeb commenting. That was Smay. But uh, what were you saying? That's me. I just wanted to, so I've heard horror stories of people buying uh, cold wallets through Amazon and them being from a a, a different manufacturer. Because if you guys didn't know how Amazon works, sometimes Amazon, what we'll do is it'll still show as a prime thing, but it'll get you whatever the best deal is and automatically have that from whoever's offering that same product. So you guys could risk getting bugged wallets that are are there to steal your crypto. So uh, just um, every time, every time you're buying a cold wallet, buy it directly directly from the manufacturer it's themselves verify that you're getting from the manufacturer never get a used or bugged cold wallet yeah absolutely well guys with that being said i don't think we have any more super chats we had those we're it's now time to go ahead and jump back over to bitcoin but i think we're going to jump onto our uh, our little uh 
what, what do you call it? The Brady Bunch chart. Because it's, right. it's Tuesday. Brady it is time, time to give our Friday Bitcoin price predictions. No Jeb this week. He is out. But uh, the three of us will still compete at our price action. And, and I know what I was doing with the TA earlier, a lot of you guys, uh, you know, are, are saying, Tim, what's going to happen next? Uh, my prediction for Friday does not say anything about what I think is going to happen over the next couple of weeks. It's what I think is going to happen Friday, and I have my reasons. But Sman and I have our answers locked in. We're ready to go. Uh, Kelly, what is your prediction for Friday at 1025, what Bitcoin's price will look like, and give us a short answer as to why? Well, I'm going to go more with a little bit of a bias. Uh, it's actually not even a bias. I take that back. I'm going to go with a little bit more of a hopium uh, prediction because it's still within the ascending a triangle that we're in, uh, but it's below below that that uh, that upper resistance. I'm going to say forty three thousand thirty six dollars. Forty three thousand. A little bit of an arbitrary number, but just basically, I I, I do think I do think the price is going to go down. Uh, I'm just uh, I don't know if the CPI numbers when they come in, if it's going to make us drop down and we shoot back up, or if we're going to go up before we go down. So I think you guys are going to go low. So I'm doing this more like I'm playing. Yeah, this is a game. Yellow. I'm, I'm 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 doing this I'm doing this to win. Uh, having a larger spread from you guys. So I'm going to say 43,036. You said 43,036? 36. 36. All right. So 43036. Smay, what's your prediction? Uh, 33. 33,000. That's true. Well, you know what, Kelly? Unfortunate for you, you guessed wrong. I went with 40,100. Uh, so you are the highest. You are you are the highest predictor. But here's what I think is going to happen. I, I, as I told you guys before, right now we're working on setting up both bullish and bearish. And right now, as it stands, bearish is the one that we're seeing on the charts. However, I have watched this dance. I've watched this almost exact thing where the price is moving in almost a channel one way, the RSI is moving the other way, and it does what we kind of don't think it's going to do. It ends up doing what we think is going to happen, but it kind of delays itself and it moves. So while I actually do think within the next week, we're probably going to be seeing a price of $36,000. I actually wonder if we're going to touch 40000 potentially even $41,000 first. So, you know, I think the delayed action is going to, it's going to delay. All I'm looking at is what's happening Friday. I think that we could be on Friday looking at a $40,000, $40,100 Bitcoin. I think that the, the news that's going to come out from the Biden administration with the executive order is going to almost be a nothing burger case. Some people are really concerned, but I think it's actually not going to have negative price action on Bitcoin. I think Bitcoin's going to continue its, its sideways month. We, we talked about that almost, the I think, the first show of March, or I think it was the last show of February. We discussed, guys, month, March might not be the bullish month that everyone's wanting it, it might be another sideways and downward month. And sure enough, as it stands right now, it's only the eighth. We have a lot of month left. What is Smay's? that's been pretty, pretty accurate. Uh, Smay is, is low. Smay said 33,000. Do you have okay, any explanation I mean, for that? We, Do you want to give me a take on that? This is a better spread than last week, though, and it we're is. like 200 apart. It is for sure. We got some, we, all of us have some breathing room. But Smay, do you have any, anything you want to add to your um, take? Yeah, my take is because... I felt like it. And my other side of me feeling like it is that because I think a lot of people are going to see the, you know, because you guys talk about moist. It was in, I was saying that because it's a, a yucky word, just like re regulation. So I think there might be a lot of FUD going around here in the next couple of days. So well, I hope we don't have moist regulation then. No, no, not, that's a double bad. That is bad. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Kind of like there's a double smear right now. Well, let us know in chat. Let us know in the comments. Who do you think is going to be right? Again, Kelly is the highest with a with a forty three thousand dollar and thirty six no forty three thousand and thirty six dollars of Bitcoin price. I'm below him with forty thousand one hundred. Smay is the lowest with thirty three thousand. Who do you think is going to win? Also, if you want to comment what you think Bitcoin's going to look like on Friday, let us know and uh, you know be a part of the, this little race. This is not financial advice. I none of us are making any trades based off this information. None of us are making investments based off this information. Uh, this is simply to watch and predict and have the winner of the HODL trophy announced on Friday. You know, with that being said, I want to go ahead and close out this stream. And before I do, you know, any final takes from Smay or Kelly? Mm -mm. I'm good. You're good. Kelly, any oh, final just thoughts? Make, 
make sure make sure to go and follow the the crypto jab socials uh there's plenty of them out there uh they're all down in the description yeah also follow uh, tim he's got a great uh, i don't know if you could throw up the 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 twitter handles on the bottom of yours and tim's and my uh things mm. but all of us all of us shares as up. much as we can out there and uh yeah i've got uh you know crypto vets in here he's, he's one of the he's coming on our show uh somewhat regularly now as well but I'm, i do a twitter spaces every thursday and he co-hosts that with me and uh uh, I'll be doing that. It's at the daily close on Thursday, which is funny for me because I'll be in Tokyo. So it will actually be the following morning. Uh, so, nice. uh, but yeah, I'll be uh, thir- Thursday night. Uh, come check in with us. And uh, we- we're actually got something like that similar that we're going to be doing on the on the Crypto Jeb uh, Twitter. So definitely go and follow us. And uh, yeah, we just appreciate you all coming here. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I hope you all have a wonderful day or evening. Well, what I want to leave everyone with is, is this. There's a lot of unknowns that are coming in the next couple of days and next couple of weeks. But look back, if you've been in the market now for over a year, even if you've been in it for a couple of months, there's been unknowns almost every single week. Don't fall to the trap that people want you to fall in, and that is to listen to every single news that breaks and automatically just respond. I think that's one of the biggest problems with how not only traders and investors respond, but ultimately how the entire world responds. We get triggered very easily and it triggers us to respond to things. And I think one of the most undervalued aspects and the most undervalued character qualities is a man of patience, a man who stops, who waits, who thinks, who understands that sometimes the distractions are not as bad as they seem or as good as they seem. Because right now we're talking about potential bearish news or FUD. There's a lot of times where people react too quickly due to FOMO. And I want to remind you guys, this is not a season to be of fear and to freak out, but to be calm, to relax, to pay attention, to invest even more in your education and be patient because there's a lot to happen. We have been in this spot before with Bitcoin. Those of you who have been in Bitcoin since maybe the beginning or four years or five years, you have watched and you have been a part when the entire market thought that Bitcoin was dead, that Bitcoin was not going to make it. And look at where we are now. Bitcoin continues to thrive. It continues to move up and to the right on the charts. But the only way that you're still invested is if you stayed patient and you researched and you learned and you didn't move just based off of fear or excitement. You moved you, you calculated every step and every thought, and that's what this channel is all about, is helping you guys make those decisions for yourself. I really, really, really hope nobody comes on, tunes into the show, listens to any word that I say, Smay says, or Kelly says, and blindly just goes and makes an investment or takes a profit. But rather, I hope they hear the words that we say, and it forces them to meditate and think for themselves to learn how they want to invest, because that's what financial sovereignty is. It's you having control of your money. Not the government, not me, not anyone else, but you have control over your money, not your money or anyone else having control over you. That is what we're about. If that's something that you love, again, this is the end of the video. Like it if you haven't already. Subscribe to this channel where we will continue day in and day out to be as honest as we can and bring you everything that we can to help you learn how to think for yourself. Again, if that's something you want and that's what you that's something you desire, join this community. Be here every single day, 930 to 1030 as we dive into the markets and all of our afternoon videos. That's all I have for you guys today. We love you guys. Thank you so much for joining. We'll be back tomorrow. And again, watch for that Cardano video coming out this afternoon. Have a good day, guys. Peace. We hope you enjoyed listening to the Coffee and Crypto podcast. Tune in every day at 9.30 a.m. Eastern to watch live on YouTube. Follow us on our social media accounts at CryptoJeb. And lastly, we want to thank you for supporting us here at McAfee Media.